Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 23rd day of December. I'm your host, Paul. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday. This is the day we tell you about the Sunday sermon. This week, you can look for a sermon titled Rejoice Always. This is our third Advent sermon in an ongoing series of Advent sermons. Last week, we aired for you The Way of Peace. The week before that, we aired for you We Begin with Hope. So hope, peace, joy, and we switched it up just a little bit in doing it as a rejoicing sermon rather than merely speaking of the word joy. I wanted to show the action that comes out of believers who have joy, and that is rejoicing. We base it, we start it with Paul's statement in the Thessalonican letter to rejoice always, but that's just a statement. What does that mean? How do you do that? Well, you need some firm footing if you're going to rejoice. You need something to rejoice in. And it can't just be pie in the sky. It needs to be something worth rejoicing over. So I go to the little book of Zephaniah. We read a considerable amount of scripture and we show that Zephaniah gives us a darkness. And then Zephaniah turns on a dime and gives us a light. And it's that turn that we establish three principles of why we have reason to rejoice. This is a sermon that we preached actually on a Tuesday evening for our group here in Flowery Branch, Georgia. We preached this message um, about 10 days ago, 11 11 days ago, uh, when we were having a midweek meeting and I knew that I would need something for this spot this weekend on Christmas Eve. And so on that particular week, we aired a, a audio message from the Netherlands. If you missed that, check out Netherlands 2023 First Session. That's an audio-only teaching that we put up a week and a half ago on the website. So wherever you get this podcast, you get the audio for that as well. And that freed us up a chance to put the Tuesday evening up tomorrow. So a little bit different venue. Um, this is back in the theater where we meet with our weekly instead of at the garden and so um, check it out. Rejoice always. It's a great, uh, maybe a great word for you to listen to on Christmas Eve because it gives you a firm foundation of why we're so excited. We're not only excited anticipating with that first century audience the arrival of Jesus, and we're not only excited of our anticipation of the return, but we're excited because of what has happened What has that baby done? We're going to talk about that a little more tomorrow and Monday as we talk about the arrival of Jesus on this season of Christmas. But for today, I want to spend the rest of this time getting us up into the great Sermon on the Plain. We're in Luke chapter 6, and we've been working our way through the Gospel of Luke now since October, the early part of October. Of course, we're not very deep in. Uh, We take our time, and Luke does have some particularly long chapters. The translators, I guess to just keep from giving it too many chapters, made them long. And they're the longest chapters of any of the gospel chapters. They're all found in Luke. Um, And so here we are. Luke chapter 6, verse 17, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. He came down with them as he came down from the mountain. Now, this is something that I got so busy talking about apostles 
and disciples yesterday that I forgot to point out the fact that way back in verse 12, which is what we covered yesterday, Jesus went to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And how that is actually the precursor to the choice before he can choose the 12 apostles from among this multitude of followers. He needs an entire night of prayer so that by talking to his father, he, he picks the 12 he's supposed to pick. And no, he doesn't make any mistakes in it. It's not a mistake picking Judas. It's not, it's easy for us to say, well, you know, Jesus didn't get it all right either. No, he did it exactly the way he was supposed to. And the, the preceding night of prayer tells us that. This also tells us that sometimes there are decisions that you need to make and things that you need to stir over that are going to steal your sleep and they're going to require you to spend time with the Father. And that's okay. Um, it's, it can't be every night that you get your sleep stolen, but once in a while, and I've had this happen so many times in my life that uh, I, I'm trying to take it in stride now when it happens. Like, sleep is not there, so let's talk, Father. Let's let you and I, there must be something coming up, and most of the time there is. There's something coming up that's going to require a, a deft touch. It's going to require a sensitive ear. And so that whole night is an important part of it. So they come down off the mountain. Jesus has picked 12 apostles, but of course there's still a, a great crowd of his disciples with a crowd of his disciples. Verse 17, there's that great crowd. It's not just the 12. And there's a, a lot of people from Judea, Jerusalem, all the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. These are This is a crowd full of not simply... Israelites or Jewish people, but also Gentiles who came to hear him. They don't just come to hear him. They come to be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Now, let me just start with the fact that the level place is why we call this the Sermon on the Plain, because Matthew's version of the more famous Sermon on the Mount has him on a mount, a mountain speaking and yet he says a lot of the same things. My theory on that is that Luke is telling you a different account from a different place, but containing a lot of the same teaching because it stands to reason, as far as I'm concerned, that Jesus, who is moving about with itinerant ministry, would preach the same thing in different places, but he would preach it in different ways. That's how we do. You preach it here, it's different than if you preach it there. And part of that's because the crowd's different. The other part of that is because you're working on, you're wrestling things out to say them in a different way. I don't necessarily mean to say them better. Sometimes we do, but to say them in a different way. And that seems to be what has happened in this. And so he's going to lift up his eyes toward his disciples in the next passage and speak uh, at least a portion of what we call the Beatitudes. We're going to talk about the similarities to the Sermon on the Mount, but we're going to take a couple days off first. Tomorrow and and Christmas Day, we're going to talk a little more about Christmas as a holiday and as as a holy days, and then we'll jump back into the Sermon on the Plain. We'll see you tomorrow, and I'm praying that you have a fantastic Christmas weekend. God bless.